Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NRL Back 3 podcast. We just had round 15, folks. What a round. Well, I think there was, what, four, five drubbings over the weekend, which was absolutely fantastic in my opinion. And then we've, of course, got Origin this coming Sunday as well, the Battle of the Titans, Game 2. How's it going, boys? Squid and LJ here with me. And, of course, I'm Kosh. Failed to mention that earlier. But, boys, how was your weekend? LJ. Oh, thank you for reminding me about my name so everyone had a double banger of us both missing out. <laughs> but my weekend, whew, my heart is still recovering. Another close win from Sharks on Friday night, but what really put it through the turn style was that on Saturday, I almost went to cardiac arrest for it beating too slow because I was falling asleep watching that Warriors game. Oh, Ugh. lack of attack everywhere. It's not keen on that. Squidder, what about yourself? How was the bear-free weekend? Yeah, lads, good to be back. Uh, that was a very tough watch, that Warriors game. Not the most entertaining league I've ever seen in my life. But uh, I have a confession. I didn't stick to what I said and be uh, doing two weeks of uh, no amber-coloured mother's milk. I'm not angry at it. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but uh, we'll have another week and we'll try again. <laughs> there we go. How fucking good. Now, speaking of how good, boys, LJ, what was good for you over the weekend? Hate to say it, but watching the Panthers in full flight again. Now, I turned on that game, terrible weather, thought it was going to be an absolute ball lake of one to watch, but they acted like it was dry weather. They are just slick. And they even gave the Roosters a 12-point lead just as a mercy rule friendship. Hey, guys, <laughs> let's be nice to each other. <laughs> and the boys just destroyed them. I was amazed. Absolutely fantastic game as well. I completely agree. Loved every single moment of it. I love seeing a team getting thrashed, especially when it's the Roosters. Uh, yeah, the Panthers sneaking away with 38 unanswered points on that one after that 12-point lead, like you say, LJ. But for me, how good was it? Tommy Turbo in that second half scored about 95 tries, <laughs> set up about another 200. It was just it's <laughs> impressive to watch. This guy can just do no wrong at the moment when he's on the footy field. Uh, let's hope he can actually stay there and just see how good this uh, run of form can go. It's really starting to remind me of the hang plane back in the 09 season. You know, they went all the way to the grand final. And uh, Benny Barber of 2012, another team that sort of rode on the back of an individual's form and got all the way to the grand final in that one too. So let's see if, if the writing's on the wall for Tommy Turbo, if he can stay healthy and on the field. Uh, what about you, Coach, mate? How good for you this weekend? Oh, mate, I'm sensing a theme here. And for me, it was the storm and full tropical cyclone force just pummeling the Voldemorts, the West Tigers, this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely stunning game. Again, one of those ones where start to finish, the Storm were just out of control. Like, that was a perfect performance, in my opinion. They really didn't take the foot off the throttle. And I just love seeing shit teams like the Rooters and the Tigers getting smashed. Love it. <laughs> what I personally loved about that loss was the half-time speech. Old Maggi just walked in, goes up to you guys and stormed out. <laughs> I mean, he had no ideas. He's like, fuck, I, I try to draw a play up on piece of paper with a crayon what to do it's up to them i'll try some new coaching technique it's yours yeah well, it just goes to show like a coach can only take a team so far and if a team can't fucking step up on game day then like what else can a coach do you can't go out there and play the game for the players so i'm i'm with mad jay like sometimes you just gotta say guys you guys are all shit for your own personal reasons figure it out because i don't know what's going wrong like it's it's crazy like they've got a roster is it the best roster? Maybe not, but it's probably on par with the Warriors, and the Warriors aren't getting smashed as bad as the Voldemorts. But this, this is a thing: like the coach does all the work during the week with the trainings and practices and everything else, 
But when it really comes to game day, that comes down to the team and the individuals on the field because it's not like the coach is on there catching the ball or missing the tackles for you. So it's sort of out of his hands and up to the players on the field who get selected. I'm just really looking forward to another Nathan Brown slap. <laughs> it riled old Trent Barrett it's up. <laughs> oh, it's got to be coming. If there's no hands thrown in the NRL game, surely one of these coaches are. They had enough of this shit. Mate, imagine the type of bloke who would throw a fucking slap out too. He's when, If he's fired up, the face goes red, the eyes roll back. It's going to be beautiful. That might be our first punch, boys. Might be Madge versus one of the Tigers players. I can see Ken sitting right in the corner, just quietly being like, oh God, please don't slap me. I don't want to cry on TV again. I can imagine Madge doing that. And then like he sort of like has a little like snaps out of it. And he's like, what just happened? I just blacked out for like 10 minutes. I reckon it's BJ Leilure. He's not even in the top grade, but... Man, I'd love to slap that guy. I, I can see oh, it. Mate, BJ wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> but uh, Muppet of the Week, boys. And I think this week we've got the mighty Gus Gould. He's, this is his second appearance on the NRL Backstreet oh, Podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, he absolutely loves it. Um, so Gus Gould came out on Channel 9 this week and he was speaking about Reese Walsh, who, of course, is part of the Warriors team, which Gus now works for. And he's quoted saying, I hope he gets five tries and saves another five. But that doesn't justify the decision of picking Reese Walsh for origin. Now, of course, boys, that is a sentence which blatantly contradicts the other part of that sentence. So, firstly, if Reese Walsh comes out and gets five tries and saves five tries, that is the greatest decision Queensland have ever made for this year. And Reese Walsh is going to be booming with confidence. But then on the flip side, he's come out and said, this doesn't justify the... It just doesn't make sense to me. And I can't believe that he's come out on national television. And he's blatantly, like, just made a fool of himself, not just the NRL Back 3 podcast. LJ, what do you think of this? I guess the real big thing is people forget is that Gus Gould has actually signed with the Warriors. So he's just turned around and ripped into one of his new stars, his new up-and-coming stars. Mate, if this happens, what he's just said, this would be arguably one of the best league performances in the history, That one of the greatest debuts, one of... Like, if that happens, that means Queensland win, surely. If he's saving five, scoring five, that's a 60-point turnaround just about. <laughs> so Reese came out on a, um, a media conference today and all the reporters were asking him, but I think he should have just gone like one of the reporters goes, oh, hey, Reese, what do you think about... And then Reese just comes out, it doesn't matter what Gus Gould says. Would have been classic. That would have been brilliant. I mean, Reese is already copying it after the weekend. He's scared to catch anything that floats in the air at the moment. Son threw him a pen the other day at training. He fucking fell over in the fetal position because he thought it had been gone up in another one of those spiral bombs. Oh. <laughs> he's backpedaling, he's falling over, his fetal position is waiting for the ball to drop. Jeez, I don't know if he's ready. I thought he could play 14. You don't really have to do positional play, you just have to tackle. But after watching him try and catch a bomb, that was entertaining. That was the most entertaining part of the game. Do you reckon they'll use all um, 10 of Queensland's subs when um, the New South Wales get to their fifth tackle option? And they're like, sub them off, sub them off. They're going to bomb Reese just so he doesn't have to be there. <laughs> I reckon they might just throw him at the front and put Tino Fumamasali Ali at the back. Maybe, maybe. You might be onto something. <laughs> so thanks, Gus Guild. Once again, mate, twice on this podcast, you've been Muppet of the Week. But uh, boys, now we're on to everybody's favourite segment, Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the Sharks another win five in a row shame on the Cowboys the Panthers the Bye the Titans and the Dragons whoo that's five there and a few weeks actually up against their nemesi the Bulldogs I mean they snuck one over earlier in the season so we're looking forward to that but can you believe it the Sharks are actually in the eight you say you couldn't believe it and, and I can't believe it either LJ, <laughs> to be honest I can't believe it mate 
<laughs> I think it was um, the great philosopher Dominic Toretto, and this was the direct quote, so I won't change it. Ask any racer, any real racer. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Mate, LJ, you, you've, you're a shark supporter, mate. You should know by now that the sharks are blatantly the yo-yo team. They're they're in and around the eight for the last six years, so they're guaranteed to be in there. They'll be out of there next week. They'll be back in there the week after, and then come round uh, twenty-five, mate. They'll be sitting at about fourteen. Well, they've only got two hard games for the rest of the season. One is Melbourne for the last round of the season, so maybe Melbourne rest their players, hopefully. And the other one is uh, Manly. I think it's at Manly. So those would be the two that you don't think they'll win. The others, they should have a strong chance. But enough about us. Uh, Squid, how's, how's your team going on that ladder of ours? You want to you wanna talk about it, buddy? So on to our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, not doing too, too well. Um, boys, I think I have come to the decision that the Warriors season is over and they will not be playing finals. I think you boys sort of knew this a couple of weeks back, but I was just sort of holding on to that last little glimmer of hope. But after that performance of our um, star fullback, Reese Walsh, <laughs> nah, not putting all the pressure on him. It was just, it's just pathetic. You can't beat a team full of, you know, B-grade NRL players below you on the ladder. So what was it, 6-4 for like 60 minutes and then they classically lose it right at the end like they have about half a dozen times. Um, they should have put 23 points on that team. It was just not like a Warriors performance. Well, unfortunately, it was like a Warriors performance that we're quite used to. But you just, yeah, uh, it was just frustrating to watch. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. In all honesty, man, and I'm feeling your grief as well. Like that was, in all honesty, the worst Warriors performance that I can remember. Like I'm going back, digging deep to some really fucking shit years. And I think that game was the definition of probably one of the worst games ever played in the NRL. Both teams as well, the Knights were looking pretty trash, but it goes to show how much worse the Warriors were by losing that game and uh, absolutely horrible. So I'm I'm with you, man. I I feel your pain, but uh, I I came to this conclusion like five weeks ago, man. We're just not going to be making the top eight this year. Now, to lift us back on a high, boys, the uh, I've got the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Sea Turbos absolutely destroying their opponents over the weekend. Uh, Melbourne, of course, they've actually scored the most points of any team in a game on 66. So they pummeled the Voldemort's 66 to 16. And it actually means that they are the best team in history when it comes to scoring over 40-point games in a season. So they've won something like 10 games. And of course, they've got another 10 games to go. So there's opportunity to increase that lead even more or that record even more. So well done to the Melbourne Storm. And uh, the Sea Turbos, I really don't want them to be in the top eight, but they are showing some true form. And as we mentioned earlier, it's all on the back of Turbo. So well done to those two teams. Fuck you, Manly. But uh, well done to those two teams. (laughs) Do always appreciate a fuck you, Manly. Bought into some stats. but So thank you there, Coach. Um, Now, I was going to slip in earlier, speaking of those crap teams we were talking about, but uh, we did have a minor sponsorship come through this weekend. She's been warming up the fryers for the last six or seven weeks. I think it's going all the way back to round eight, actually. And Debbie's Donuts, she's come through this weekend. She's back in business, baby. Now, the Broncos (laughs) lost terribly to the Rabbitohs, 46-0 in another one of those drubbings on the weekend. So well done to the Broncos. Debbie's a happy lady. She's sending you guys a 30-party pack of donuts this weekend so enjoy them uh don't don't crave them too much because they are pretty delicious but you don't want to get a back-to-back debbie's donuts like the bulldogs <laughs> did uh, a few weeks back but uh debbie donuts is a very very happy woman okay now speaking about disappointments chad townsend back to the warriors for the rest of the season boys you got any thoughts on this 
Uh, for me, let's. I just I don't see the point in this happening. No one's going to benefit from it. Neither Chad nor the Warriors. Ten weeks to go. He might get in what maybe eight of those games, and then he's going to bugger off to the Cowboys, I believe it is. So if he was signing on for the Warriors for the next year, then yeah, absolutely. But I just don't see any benefit. I'm actually on the opposite. I actually like it. I think he could uh, offer a bit of advice to our current crop. He was obviously part of the Warriors culture in the past. And I think back when he was with the team, he was in a pretty positive culture. I think when he left was when SJ started whinging and moaning. But I like it. I think uh, it gives us a bit of a breathing room while we decide on what Nathan Brown is actually going to do in the halves next year or in major positions now that RTS is off. And uh, it could potentially just give us a little bit of a steady the ship type mentality for the next sort of 15 or so weeks that uh, the Warriors are going to be kicking stones. So I think it's a good thing. But uh, what do you reckon though, LJ? Yeah, interesting. Hoping it frees up the books for the Sharkies for a bit and make a play for someone else. Because I don't know if you've seen it, but there's been a lot of random signings, a lot of names thrown around. It's starting to look a bit like the NBA with the transfer window that. So I actually want to throw it out there, but I've been thinking about it myself before I pass it on, hog the ball a bit. Reckon there's going to be another four or five that come out of the woodwork that catch everyone a bit off guard. Now, there's a few that I feel might happen. Connor Watson's linked to the Sharks already uh, for next year, but could come early as he is still on the bench for the Knights. I uh, also believe Hodgson to the Roosters. Now that Boyd Corden has retired, they got a bit of cap space, but they, they always got a bit of cap space. So Hodgson <laughs> could go there. And you know what? Fergo to the Rabbits, because I don't think they're enjoying Josh Mansour. He's not really doing what they wanted. And Dugan to the Bulldogs. You know, just take him <laughs> now. We'll even pay him for the rest of the season. Take him now. Are there any spanners in the works you think are coming out there, Squid? After this coming weekend, I can actually see 17 changes happening. And so what they want to do is um, the Queensland team actually want to trade all the New South Wales team <laughs> to play for them in game three, just so they can get a win and not have a dead rubber. So that's that's what I can see happening or, or what, what they want to happen. Whether that happens or not, we'll just have to watch the space, I think. Kosh. Oh yeah boys, I completely agree. I think there's going to be a few spanners left in the rest of the season too. And for me, I think from the Rabbitohs, their key signing that they've got is probably going to go off the books this year and that's Peter Marmazelis. He's uh, no the way. young fellow. I reckon he's going to go to the Bulldogs. They've been calling out for him the last few weeks, I've heard. And uh, I really believe that the Rabbitohs are going to lose this young star. So Fuck. good luck, Peter, because uh, you're worth every dime, mate. So uh, good luck in the future. He's fucking up there with Chris fucking Lewis for me. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Oh young star that we might miss out on this this that hurts that could have really hurt and going to a team like the bulldogs as well i, I think uh they're going to really benefit from this young dude so yeah good luck to him heard him and dugan might be fighting it out for a position there maybe so, could be interesting when both those trades go down now boys origin this weekend sunday night what do we think about it standalone sunday night game no thursday friday saturday just sunday thoughts I'd have to say, LJ, that I would prefer if it just stayed on the Wednesday night. I enjoy the old-fashioned formula that they have had. You know, a couple of teams will miss out on some Origin players, play on Wednesday, and then it's up to the clubs whether they back up that following week. Breaks up the week a little bit as well by having this big late-night bendering session on on a single night. But um, I'd just prefer probably the historical and classic value of that Wednesday night game personally. What about you guys? Yeah, I love it, actually. Um, I reckon they should have it on a Sunday, 5 o'clock, 
every every single origin like uh fire up the barbecue get the boys around get smashed and then back to work on monday i reckon that needs to become a new tradition but i'm a big fan i've been saying this since i came to age at 18 and i, I really strongly believe that origin should be played on a sunday about six o'clock in the afternoon i reckon that's way better than having it at eight o'clock when the game finishes at 10 and everyone's too buggered to go to work on thursday but, uh, that's that's for me what, what about you lj I do actually love the standalone game um, so that the NRL games aren't weekend. Kind of sick of those Warriors stealing those four to six points off the weekend teams. But I do think they should carry on with the rep footy. Now, I think it was last year, the year before that, they had New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga and Fiji playing. I think it may have even had PNG as well. Getting those teams who don't get to play together a chance mid-season to gel a bit and then when they get called on to international duty at the end of the year, if it happens again, they actually know what it's like to play with each other and they get the excitement as well like it's really hard as a new zealand player if you're playing all year you'll never get picked for origin but like if you have something to play for and strive for in that middle of the season before you start heading to finals there's something good i like it it also means that like the blood and the muscles stay warm as well like 90 percent of the players in the nrl are about to have another break this weekend and yeah just give us the players another opportunity to keep the muscles intact and keep the, the cardio in check so yeah i like it too i also want to throw out a different time how about we go back to the old uh, NRL grand final time around the 3 p.m. kickoff? Yeah. I mean, granted, I know it's only three beers before kickoff if you decide to start at midday, but if you have a three o'clock kickoff, that actually means drinking legally can start at 10. Now, these are international drinking rules around sports events, but if it starts at three, you can move it back to get nice and sloshed, have a barbecue four ish, five ish, carry on to about eight. In theory, that if kickoff is at three, it's actually five o'clock for you Kiwi blokes. <laughs> makes makes a bit more better sense. I was, I was kind of thinking three pm NZ time, but <laughs> I mean that, that, that could work as well. Nice one. Well, uh, antics of the week, boys. So we've got an origin edition of that, uh, and we kind of touched on it earlier. But um, Reese Walsh received the phone call at about eight o'clock, and he claims that he was in the cinema with his girlfriend when he received the call. So apparently, he politely walked out of the cinema took the call and then got the word that he was in the origin team but boys i don't really believe this story so i, I kind of have another thought that maybe there's something suspicious going on in the background and what do you guys reckon he was actually doing when he received this phone call from paul green yeah i i think there's um they've sort of fabricated the truth a little bit this is my uh working theory of course because he's only 18 he's actually got an early bedtime of 8 p.m and it being on a <laughs> sunday you know you've got to got to make sure that you're ready to go to work or school bright and full of beans come monday morning so he was actually sound asleep and you know uh, his dad was holding his phone because he's been done some naughty things throughout the week so he's sort of almost like somewhat <laughs> grounded and when his dad took the phone call he just thought it was one of his high school mates trying to pull a prank on him and said i've never heard of you paul green you're not friends with my son leave me alone never call again so uh greeny actually had to go over to his house and sneak into his bedroom window just so he could you know whisper sweet nothings in his ear and be hey well she you've picked for orange <laughs> so it's actually quite nice and quite an emotional event for both of the boys so both walshie and greeny uh spent a few minutes just having a cuddle just embracing that emotion of this event and really making a, a beautiful memory just one that they'll never forget LJ, what have you heard, mate? Is it anything similar? Well, actually, Squid, I feel like you had a nice wholesome story. What I've heard, it's a bit more sinister. 
Um, so hear me out. Walshy, it's a Sunday night. He snuck into the pokies. He looks a bit underage, under the alias of Jazz Tavanga. The staff just <laughs> yeah. couldn't keep their eyes off him and didn't believe it was him. And eventually had to pull him aside and saw those baby blues and got a few photos of him. Now the photos were starting to get a bit raunchy. So that's when the call from Greeny came through. But this is really why Walshy was really surprised. He was surprised and flustered. He thought he was caught up in some weird eye photo fetish thing ran by S. Quid, I believe his name was. <laughs> S. Quid. <laughs> but that's what I heard. Nice, nice. Well, I heard something, oh, I wouldn't say similar, but uh, kind of touches on both of those stories. So maybe again, there's a bit of truth behind this. But I actually think that he was sitting on his bedroom getting uh, one of those famous Hungarian massages from the missus. Uh, and the rumor actually has it that when he got the phone call, the vibrations actually caused him to cramp up and he actually ejaculated on the bed. So he actually had two happy endings. The fact that he, he came and then another one that Paul Greeny was on the phone call on the other side saying, hey, mate, you've made the origin team, buddy. So yeah, it's all happy days. So a bit of a happy story for him. But again, quite bedroom related. So I'm not sure about this movie story, but I think uh, we could be pretty close to the truth there i think we all agree that there's definitely somewhat of a sexual nature of while he was uh, when he received this origin call <laughs> the, pr- the press conference that he was at it just seemed like he was hiding something in my opinion so yeah i think you're, i think you're right i mean lucky it wasn't his hamstrings or else there would have been some pretty excited <laughs> people in the crowd led by yours truly oh. now we're here to talk about origin and there's some rules that you've got to set up and got to know as soon as you have the boys around what you got to start with is Who's going to win? What's the score margin? And first try scorer. Yes, um, I believe that it will be another Blues victory. I just can't see this Queensland team getting up and over our lads. The way they performed in that first game. It's an even further depleted Queensland team. Now, I know that is dangerous, but I just can't see it happening. We've got the two best players in the game, being Nathan Cleary, Tom Trevojevic, and then probably third would be Tedesco now, which is quite unusual to say. So I I reckon that it'll be high 30s, probably about 10, um, maybe like a 38-10 scoreline to New South Wales, take the series, dead rubber, game three. And, I mean, how can you go past... uh, Tommy Turbo probably jump over little Walshy next to the post as it's a, a tried and true tactic from the Blues. Oh, interesting. Now, Coach, have you got? I uh, strongly believe that the Blues are going to be up again. It's not going to be as much of a thrashing from that last game, but I do think Reese Walsh will struggle in the backfield. I think he'll come out of this game with a bit of confidence. I think he'll play okay. But defensively, I think he'll be pretty shit. Just too much to handle for the likes of Latrell Mitchell, Teddy, and Turbo, like most people are saying. But I've, I think it's going to be 42 to 10 to the Blues. Even though it's in Suncorp, it's going to be nice and dry. It's going to be really, really fast through those outside edges. So I think there's going to be a lot of points. But I think that the Queensland side will increase just a little bit. But I think they'll get exposed with their young fullback. Well, I actually see the game a bit closer. I just have that fear of Suncorp. I hope Blues can do it, but I've seen it at 28-14 with uh, my boy Toto obviously getting there first. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's list off some quick-fire questions. So, can the Queensland team win? Justin Ollum. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Is this the worst Queensland team ever? It's up there. Yes. How will Walshie go? Rate him out of 10. Seven. Six. I mean, that's not too bad, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Offensively, six. I think defensively, three. So, so average him out at a four or five? Yeah. Now, Squid, imagine you can't see his eyes. <laughs> I thought you were asking us what jersey number should he be playing in. No, no. Now, Ben Hunt, will he Long. make a good impact, negative impact? Positive. 
defensively? Sound. Ooh. I don't think he can do any worse than what anybody did in game one, but he's not really going to bring enough for game two for the Queenslanders. Maybe a, a slight improvement in their overall team because he's got a little bit of good direction. Uh, he's got some experience. And I guess it just, because he's not starting, it just depends how much game time he actually gets. How much of a part will the Brisbane crowd play? Now I've touched on it and think the score will be close, but do you think they can do anything? Can they be that 14th man? It's going to be an incredibly loud first five minutes, and then it's just going to be dead quiet for 75. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> they might stretch it up to seven or eight. Now, finally, before we go into a 1v1 Origin edition, can we really expect Tommy Turbo and Cleary to have another blinder at this level? I, I don't see why not. Their consistency at club level has just really stood them up above a lot of the other players. And the other thing is... They don't have to do everything because there's so much X factor in that back line helping them out with Luai, Latrell, Tedesco, not to mention To'o on one wing. It's just ridiculous. So hells to the year. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. After that last weekend, they're on fire. They'll continue to get on fire and uh, they're just going to have a blinder. So 100% those two can just go on and win the game for us. Well, boys, with this being a very special origin edition for the NRL Back 3, uh, we're going to try something a little bit different for Sponsor of the Week. And uh, this week, like mentioned, origin edition special. We also have Queensland supporters jumpers on special uh, for Game 2. And this not only comes with one head hole, but comes with two head holes for each head that these fans have. And this is made from high quality and recycled cane toad feces. So it's bound to reek of a bargain. Now, obviously this sale isn't for us as blue supporters, but here at the NRL Back 3, we don't discriminate against sponsorship deals. Oh, good call, Squid. And I'm glad that you took over the sponsorship this week. That's a great cause. Um, we got to support these teams, especially when they're in a losing year or a losing era, I should say. So well done getting behind these guys. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And I'm really intrigued by that organic cane toad feces. It sounds fantastic. Sounds exactly what the Queensland supporters like to have. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be the last time we let Squid onto the old sponsorships bring some of that Queensland shit in here. But anyway, 1v1. So obviously the Origin Edition and who we're looking out for and I'm going to kick it off myself. Cameron Murray versus Jai Arrow. Now, in game one, Cameron Murray's tackle technique was insane. I've never seen him stop so many forwards in that progress, ever. In a game, I've never seen someone just turn a game with his defense like that without big hits. Now, these were perfect tackles. Technique was on point. He nailed them, got up, went to market, didn't hold them down, and you saw he just changed the game. So we're really looking forward to him against Jai Arrow this week because I can tell Jai Arrow won't take that again. So we're really looking forward to these two just running at each other all game. And Cameron Murray making a dent or an impact in the game without the ball. Squid, who have you got? For me, I'm uh, looking forward to a big battle up in the middle there with a couple of big boppers of Paulo and uh, Papali. So Papali missed game one, so he'll be itching and rearing to go for this uh, battle series on the line. Needs a big performance, really try and get Queensland on the front foot so they don't have to do too much of um, hard work, I guess. But Paulo, big damaging runner. These two will be meeting in the middle numerous times throughout the course of this game and it's just going to be big chess on big chess and I can't wait to see it. It'll really just be the, the driving force to get the other forwards in the team pushing and ready to rock and roll. What about you, Kosh? Now for me, boys, it's been the battle of the century, if not the battle of the millennium. It's the battle of 2021, that's for sure. It is the neck v the chin, volume three. <laughs> 
they're going for a trilogy, folks. And of course, the chin is up by two. It's 2-0. Two so I really can't wait to see the chin once again come up against the neck and just absolutely rip into shreds. There's nothing better than seeing DCE cry in the middle of a field, especially in Suncorp. It's going to be an absolutely beautiful watch, and I cannot wait for that. Now, boys, speaking of players, especially ones that we like to watch, who have we got our eyes on this weekend, boys? Squid. I think Angus Crichton is in for a particularly big game, um, similar to Papali, uh, missed that game one due to suspension. Even at just NRL week in, week out club stuff, he plays pretty aggressive, runs hard, knows how to hit holes, good defender. If he does something influential in the game, he definitely lets everybody know about it with a bit of, you know, argy-bargy and, you know, yeah, the boys, let's go, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. So I can't wait to see him step this up a notch and just be be more aggressive and more intimidating on the field. And just gonna, I reckon he's going to have an impact uh, in this one. And I feel like he is one of these players who's going to be under the microscope and playing for a spot in that game three because uh, Jake Turbo will be back by then. So someone's going to have to give. And I feel like he's one of those places like, not fucking me, not this time. I'll, I'll be out with suspension, but not due to selection. <laughs> Coach, fire it back at you, mate. Who have you got? Who, who are you watching this week? Yeah, I've actually gone for someone who we've already kind of touched on, and that's Jai Arrow. He's actually caught the cane toe disease, and he's ended up in hospital with a mysterious illness. So these Queenslanders love to throw a story about and have these mysterious, miraculous recoveries from this serious illness. So uh, keep an eye out for Jai Arrow, because in the news this week, there'll be some sort of miraculous recovery, I reckon. Interesting. I reckon they'll say some bullshit. They're like, oh, lucky this game wasn't on Wednesday this week, and he's managed to have an extra four days to recover, blah, blah, blah. This is why we should have a Sunday game every origin. Um, but like you say, Coach, it's just every series there's an injury or an illness. Or I think it was only uh, Gagai or Gagai or Gagai. I'm not too sure about the pronunciations on that one as everyone seems to be confused. I think he had a broken hand or something like that for game one and was on a, a hydration drip and all this sort of crap. So it just it's never ending and it's just classic Queensland antics. Now, Ronaldo Mulatalo, the one shark to make it into origin, technically because currently he's sitting at 19th man but you never know mystery injury could put him at the start but fuck you around the fuck out of that water on the field on the game if those boys need some energy he'll be the one delivering it like (laughs) definitely player for me to watch and you know what i reckon he might even play i reckon he might push felt out of the team get a call up last minute then game on now speaking about wild cards such as mulatalo starting we're off to TAB time, the Origin Edition. Origin Edition. Now, just like for the head highs and the drinking rules, the special Origin Edition of TAB time has the rules slightly different. Now, we don't just focus on any time try score or first try score. We focus on a bit more of the odds that, you know, give you a little bit more if you win. So I've got myself as draw at half time. New South Wales to win. So that's going to be paying quite a pretty fee. Uh, Squid, who have you got? What's a nice random bet you've got out there? Yeah, I'm sort of thinking of a little bit of a uh, same game multi for this one. I'm thinking New South Wales 16 plus points in each half. Tommy Turbo for a double. And Josh Adokar didn't actually score in that first game, so he's got to be due. So I'll, I'll chuck him in there for, an, for a little add-on there in the same game multi. And I think that should be uh, paying quite pretty, to be honest, and pretty viable. Now, boys, I've got the mighty wild card as per usual. And 
I'm going to go for the last try scorer. Now, as I predicted earlier, I think New South Wales are going to be handing out tries, and I think they're going to be uh, handing off a little sneaky charity try to the little fella, Liam Martin. I think he's going to get the very last try of the game. They're just going to like run into the end goal, and then they're going to see Liam and say, hey, mate, come over here. Come here, mate. What am I? Well, they probably won't say that because they're not Kiwis. Come here, mate. And they'll just hand him the ball, and he'll get a nice little charity try, and they'll all pat him on the head and say, good boy. Good boy. Well done, mate. Well done. Good fella. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my wild prediction this weekend. Liam Martin for the very last try. Oh, it's such a such a strong bet. The last try. Oh, not one I've bet on before, but with that kind of delivery, I think I'm going to have to. Hey, with all my bets, it's a gosh damn guarantee. Put your house on it. <laughs> Put the whole bloody state on it this time. <laughs> Now, boys, that does actually end this podcast for this week. Listeners, thanks again, as per usual, for listening to us. Before this mighty Origin game, I'm really looking forward to the weekend ahead. And uh, don't forget to share this podcast with all your family, friends, and other people that you know, workmates. And uh, go ahead and like our Instagram page as well, the NRL Back 3, for a few laughs beyond this podcast. But anyway, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy Origin weekend, and we'll see you here next week on the NRL Back 3 podcast. New self? 